Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Liptek, and in today's shir, we continue our study of Parshat Ekev with Shishi, the sixth Aliyah, beginning in Perikid Aleph, chapter 11 of Sefer Dvarim, Pasuk Yud, verse 10. Moshe Rabbeinu is continuing his rebuke of the nation, reminding them how important it is to fear God and keep His laws. Now he's going to relate to the climate of Israel and how that climate and its rainfall will affect the relationship with God and enhance their ability to fear God. The land that you're going to, the land of Canaan, that you are now going to inherit, is not like the land of Egypt. In other words, its climate is different. How is that different from the land of Egypt that you went out of? When you sow your field in Egypt, you would water it with your foot, just like you do a vegetable garden. To explain what this Pasek is talking about, we have to relate to the Nile River in Egypt, which was its main source of water. The amount of rain that falls in Egypt is limited. However, the mighty Nile River supplies enough water so that throughout the entire Nile Delta, it's possible to make irrigation ditches and water all the fields necessary to supply all the grain and food necessary for a massive population. That's one of the main reasons why Egypt developed as a center of ancient civilization, because of its water source of the Nile, and you could depend on water all year long. In contrast to Egypt, which has its constant source of water, the land that you're passing over now to inherit, it's a land of hills and valleys, the land is going to soak up its water, or drink its water, from the rains from the heavens. Now Rachi points out that this is better in the land of Israel than in the land of Egypt because in the land of Israel you can sleep in in the morning and God waters the fields for you where in Egypt you would have to get up in the morning and take the water from the Nile and walk with it to water your field. In the land of Israel, Rashi says, it's easier because God waters the fields for you. Both Rashbam and Ramban disagree with Rashi's interpretation and they explain like we did that Egypt is actually better from an agricultural point of view because it has this constant source of water, you're not dependent on whether or not it will rain in order to water your field. You have a constant source of water, the Nile River. What does it mean by watering the field with your foot? Recall that there were irrigation ditches in the Nile Delta. And to open and close those ditches, you would do that by kicking dirt over the opening and closing of the irrigation canal. Therefore, clearly the land of Egypt is much better than the land of Israel if you're a farmer because you have that constant supply of water. So why is God telling them that the land of Egypt is better than the land of Israel? The answer is simple when we relate to the context of the speech. Moshe Rabbeinu is reminding them now that your produce in the land of Israel will be dependent on the rainfall. That rainfall is not consistent. Rather, it depends on how much it rains during the year. But now we're going to see that the rainfall itself is a function of God's providence. As he explains now in the next Pasuk, Eretz Asher Hashem Elohecha Doresh Ota this is the land that Hashem, your God, He looks after it. Tamid, The eyes of God, in other words, His Ashkacha, His providence, is always looking over this land from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. Now, this word, Enei Hashem, the eyes of God, is very interesting and a very beautiful play on words. The word for a fountain or a spring is Ma'ayan. The reason why an ayin, an ayin Hebrew, is called a Ayin, that word, because it's a mayan, it's a source of tears. As Yirmiyahu said in the Haftarah, which we read on Tish'abav, Mi'itain Roshimayim, Be'inim Akor Dima, 
He's so sad about the destruction, he wishes that his head was a source of water and his eyes was a constant source of tears that he could cry and cry and cry about the Chorban. So Ene Hashem has a double meaning. It means that the source of the water, like a Mayan, is coming from God. But also God's Hashkacha, His providence, how He figuratively speaking looks over the nation of Israel and looks over the land of Israel. Moshe uses this imagery to explain how the rainfall in the land of Israel will be a function of God's will and hence be dependent on our behavior. Here, the word Reshit Hashanah refers to the beginning of the year, which means the beginning of the rainy season. In the land of Israel, it only rains from the fall till the spring, or from the month of Tishrei or Cheshvan until the month of Nisan. And for that reason, Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year in the Jewish calendar, in relation to the agricultural year, which also relates to the Shemitah year, begins with the rainy season in the fall, and hence our Rosh Hashanah begins in the seventh month in Tishrei, now we're going to see, based on what will God give rain? And here we find the famous second parsha of Shema, which we say, and here we find the second parsha of Shema, which we recite every day, and now we understand that parsha much better in this context. It'll come to pass, should you follow my laws and keep my commandments, that I, Moshe Rabbeinu, was commanding them today on behalf of God, to love Hashem, your God, and to serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. This is obviously a repeat of the opening line of Shema back in chapter 6 when Moshe began this mitzvah section, this commandment section, which is all about loving God and fearing God and having the right attitude. Then God promises, God will give you the rain for your land at its right time. The Yoreh, which is the early rains, are fallen Cheshvan that gets the land ready to sow it, and Malkosh, the later rains, which help the produce grow by saturating the roots with all the nutrients and water that it needs. Then with all that rain, that will enable you to gather all of your grain, and also the grapes of your vineyard, and the olive oil from your olives. By having all that rain, there will also be enough shrubbery and grass in your fields for all your animals to graze. Then you'll be able to eat and you'll be satisfied. Pasuk Zayin, verse 16. Be careful, Moshe warns. Lest your hearts go astray. Should you follow instead other gods? Should you bow down to them instead of serving your own God? God will become angry at you. And how will we show his anger? He's going to close the heavens and there won't be any rain. The ground will not give its produce. You'll be lost very quickly from the land. From this good land that God is giving you, you'll have to leave it because there'll be a famine, there won't be rain. Recall that whenever there was a famine in the land of Israel, as we saw many times in Sefer Breshit, in order to survive, the population would have to migrate down to Egypt. Egypt, with its constant source of water, was able to supply food even in a time of famine. Whereas in the land of Canaan, if there's no rain, there's no way to survive. You must pay attention to these words and these warnings on your heart and on your soul. Tie them for a sign on your hands. They should also be for a type of a signal or a reminder between your eyes. This, in our tradition of Torah Shabbat is referring to the tefillin that we wear on our arms and on our head. The tefillin shagyat and tefillin shalrosh.
You should teach your children, as Moshe began his speech, and said, These words that I'm teaching you today, all the laws of this main speech, which he received back in Har Sinai, you have to learn them and keep them and teach them. So you have to teach them to your children and speak about them. When you sit down in your houses, when you walk on the way, when you lie down and when you get up. Technically speaking, we fulfill this commandment every day when we say Shema, in the morning and the evening. But the simple shot of this commandment is that the study of Torah, keeping God's laws, and not only keeping the laws, their constant study and conversation about the laws, and trying to understand their meaning and how to apply them, that is the obligation for every Jew, not only in the morning and the evening, but when you're living in your houses and walking on the way, the laws of the Torah have to surround us and guide us in our life. You should also write these laws on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. This is the source for the famous law of a mezuzah, which is on the doorposts, not only of every Jewish home, but even on every doorway inside of our homes. If you keep these laws and this attitude, this mitzvah section of fearing God and loving God and being dedicated to keeping His laws, then you as a nation, your years and the years of your children will be extended on this land, you'll live for a long time on this land that God has sworn to your forefathers to give to them, just like the days of the heaven and the earth, which is very cute. We're comparing the length of time that Am Yisrael will remain on the land and not need to go into exile, like the days of the heaven and the earth. The whole context here is how God connects Shemayim Ba'aretz. He connects Shemayim Ba'aretz by bringing Matar, rain, down to earth, and that rain that comes from heaven enables the earth to give its fruit and its produce. So since the whole context was how the rain coming from heaven is a function of God's providence and a function of how you're acting, we use the analogy of how long Amiso can remain in the land, just like the Shemaim bin Aretz are there forever, also Amiso can stay on the land forever and ever. This concludes Shishi, the sixth Aliyah. And I'm sure you notice we just also concluded the second parsha of Kriyat Shema. In light of our study, we can arrive at a better appreciation of the two parshiot of Kriyat Shema that we say every day because they form the beginning and the end of the Hamitzvah section in Sefer Devarim. Recall that we discussed the two sections of Moshe Rabbeinu's main speech in Sefer Devarim, the Hamitzvah section with that with attitude, which will be followed in Parsha Dure with the Chukim Mishpatim section. The Hamitzvah section began with Shema Yisrael, Hashem Adokeinu, Hashem Echad, Bahafta back in Parshat Vetchanan, and concludes now with Vayim Shemoa at the end of Parshat Ekev. In light of the structure of Sefer Dvarim, we can understand much better why Chazal chose those two Parshiot of Kriyat Shema to recite every day. We'll continue the study tomorrow with Shvi, the seventh Aliyah.